0: I'm guessing you all know that my mission here at Veg Your Best is to support anyone, anyone who's struggling with moving towards a vegan or a plant-based practice. And if you know anyone who has expressed some interest in moving away from animal products, I hope that you will forward this podcast, this episode, and next week's to them. Because... A lot of us are just asking the wrong question. So many of you ask me how to go vegan, how to move towards a whole food, plant based lifestyle. And today, I'm going to give you the key the self coaching model, because with the model, we get to see that the question is not how do you go plant based. It's not, how do you go vegan? The interesting question is, how come? How come you're having trouble practicing a vegan lifestyle right now? How come? Because how only makes sense in the rearview mirror. The question when you are en route to your goal is how come this is hard right now? How come I don't have this right now? How come I don't feel comfortable or confident with this right now? Because honestly, how is actually pretty clear, pretty simple, and it's not that helpful. Just not that helpful for a lot of us. Because the how is, eat plants, don't eat animals or their secretions. So, what makes that so hard? And if you said our thoughts, congratulations. (music) Hello, Vegheads, Veg your besties. Welcome back to Veg Your Best, the plant-based podcast. My name is Michelle Olander. I'm a certified life coach, a practicing vegan, and I've been here every week for over a year now encouraging you to eat more plants and challenge yourself to set an impossible goal. And this week, episode 68, we begin a two-part series about the self-coaching model It's not how, it's how come. Because too many of us, too many of us want a roadmap or a plan for how to create the results we want. But I think a much more valuable question to explore is how come we aren't creating those results right now? Because I think that's where all the interesting answers are. And last week, Last week, we talked a little bit about some of the ways I coach my clients, my one-on-one clients, and if you remember last week, I told you that one of my jobs as your coach is to not buy into the story you're telling yourself, especially especially if that story is explaining why you can't do something or why you can't have something. Most likely, you have Plenty of people in your life who will nod and say, Yeah, I know, I know. That's what I say to my friends and loved ones, too. I know. You're so right. They're so wrong. I hate them, too. I'm 100% with you. We ride at dawn. But if you're someone who wants to try coaching, someone who wants to experience coaching, it's usually because you know that you're ready to look at the situation, your situation, with some new eyes. You're ready for a fresh perspective. And one of the ways you get to see how you sometimes, and when I say you sometimes, I mean all of us, all the time, how you sometimes tend to hold on to stories of loss or disempowerment and unfairness, like security blankets or cozies, comfort Objects that we hold and nuzzle and rub and keep right next to us are whoobies, my teacher calls them, our stories, our narratives about what's going on and what people are doing and why they're wrong and how we are kind of victims of their bad behavior, we tend to carry around those stories and reinforce them and nuzzle them and fall in love with them over and over again like a bad boyfriend. So when people are ready for coaching, when my clients come to me, say it's you, we'd start by setting a goal that means something to you, something important to you, and then we come up for first clients, first-time clients with an eight-week plan. And I coach you on the plan or the goal, but the most important thing I teach you in those eight weeks is how to coach yourself. And I encourage you to coach yourself with the model. And we've talked about that before. The think-feel-act framework that I learned from Brooke Castillo in certification. And I've talked about it here many times. And since self-coaching is really, I don't know, so life-changing and so easily available to you once you learn it, I would like to take a little time this week and next To teach you the basics again. And if you already kind of know it from earlier episodes, I think this could be a good refresher or reminder. Because more than any vegan recipe or 30 day challenge or meal plan, self coaching, if you're open to doing it, is what can really make the difference in whatever results you're getting and whatever results you want. Lord knows you can find vegan recipes, veganizations of recipes, meal plans and challenges and shopping lists, literally all over the world wide web. And much of it's for free. And if that's all it took, everyone, everyone who wanted to stop eating animals would already be doing that by now. Because for most of us, there is a gap between Knowing and doing. Facts, external information, that's not usually the problem with the people I talk to or that I coach. And some of them honestly know much more than I do, much more than I do, about the science and the health impacts of animal agriculture on our bodies and on our planet. And yet, and yet they struggle. They struggle with the gap between what they know and what they do where might that be true for you right now as i'm recording this top of mind for me is the gap between knowing between knowing that i need to put my phone away when i'm at my writing or content production otherwise i get distracted my attention is so hijacked by the texts coming in from family and emails coming in about my work. And yet I know, I know that the phone needs to be silenced and preferably put in another room while I'm working. But that's not always what I'm doing. The gap between knowing and doing. So that's one of the things I am off and on, struggling with, and self-coaching on. But let's stay with the current point of our Veg Your Best podcast. Because regardless of your personal objectives, and even though many of you will say you're confused or overwhelmed or you don't know what to do next, I would say that most of you, most of us, actually do know what to do. That's why coaching really works for a lot of us when we start to get, well, when we're ready to get really honest with ourselves. Because the problem is not that you actually don't know what to do. The problem is only that you're not doing it. Or not doing it regularly or consistently. And my clients will tell me all the reasons they aren't doing it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? I know, I know, I know, Michelle, but My family, my work schedule, my kids, my self-esteem, my cultural traditions, my parents, my lack of discipline. I'm always like this. I've always been like this. I know what to do, and then I don't. Most of us can relate to something there. So self-coaching, the kind of coaching I teach my clients to do, it's just an awareness tool. It's a framework that can help you see what's going on in your thinking that maybe, and remember when I say maybe, I usually mean definitely, definitely is creating the results you have right now and keeping you from the results that you say that you want. The self-coaching model that I use for myself and with my clients will really illustrate why you are experiencing that dissonance, that struggle between knowing and doing. And it's not just some sort of positive thinking. It's not just motivational thinking. It's about helping you literally begin to close the gap between what you're wanting to do and what you're actually doing. It's about helping you to integrate those two parts of your thinking process and helping you to become the person who does the things you say you want to do. You know, people often tell me that they think, they think I have a lot of discipline. And I guess if you look at certain parts of my life, maybe it does seem that way. But honestly, from other points of view, not so much. There's not a lot of discipline if you look at the floor of my office or if you look at my checkbook register, not if you ask about my physicals or my doctor's appointments. Earlier, I asked my husband to suggest some other areas where I'm not particularly disciplined, and he had had too many to list here, but they include my clothing, returning things to stores. Well, the list goes on and on. So for everyone who tells me, Michelle, I have no discipline, listen, it's the same me either. It's just a thought, a thought we have about ourselves or about others. Some places we think we are and some places we think we aren't disciplined. It's really never that helpful to notice where you aren't disciplined. Let's start with where you are. Yeah, I know some of us struggle to give ourselves credit for where we're fabulous, where we're knocking it out of the park. And most of the women I talk to have a really hard time giving themselves credit for where they're being super effective. So the self-coaching model, in a nutshell, is something that will help you see why some areas are working so well and why some areas not so much. And yes, you're right. If you've been playing along at home, it begins with your thoughts. So the self-coaching model includes five elements. And when I learned it a few years ago, it wasn't so much that I had no idea such a thing existed. It was that it was such an easy, elegant way for me to visualize and access what's going on in my thinking and the way that my thoughts are impacting. And when I say impacting, I actually mean creating the way my thinking was creating the results I was getting. The five elements are circumstances, thoughts, feelings, actions, results. And I will make a very simple, a very basic PDF available to you all in the show notes so you don't have to memorize any of this if you're driving or cooking or nursing a baby or giving the kids a bath or whatever. But I will show it to you the way Brooke Castillo teaches it. Everything in the world she teaches fits into one of those categories. There are circumstances, thoughts, feelings, actions, and results. Circumstances are just facts, things that exist, things that people say, or things that people have done, or objects, or temperatures, or anything quantifiable. And they're just stripped of the drama and the interesting bits, just the most basic, boring facts. So instead of saying something like, my sister yelled at me for being vegan, that's kind of embellished and has some drama in it, we would say something like, maybe, my sister said these words, quote, it's so selfish of you to insist on being vegan at the family Christmas, unquote. The drama and the interesting part is what we create through our thoughts. So, the top line of the model is see circumstances. Facts, data, something that occurred, something that can't be undone, something that just is. So, we all, all of us have a million circumstances, and our brain gets busy making up stories and ideas and interpretations about many of those circumstances. And most of us tend to fall in love with some of these stories. And then we repeat them over and over and over. And we start to believe that the circumstance, the fact, is somehow the source of our pain or our problems or our issues. But it is more accurately the thought we have about those facts that can be the problem. The thought, the embroidery we do with our thoughts around those facts. Your brain, my brain. We enjoy spending a lot of energy on thoughts about what so and so should have done, or what we should have done, or what all that means, or what their agenda is, or what's actually going on. This is what social media is, right? Precious few facts and a lot of thoughts, a lot of outrage or promotion, many comments, agreements, arguments. And we can be forgiven if we think that these facts, the objective facts, the data, the circumstances are the things that are causing our thoughts and feelings. But what we know from all the major wisdom traditions is that facts are just facts. It is our thinking about those facts that cause us joy or pain or apathy. It's not the facts themselves. But sometimes it's a new skill to try and tease out what are the facts, the circumstances and what are the thoughts we've embroidered those facts with, the narrative we have created Around those circumstances so self-coaching model line one circumstances line two thoughts the thoughts we have about the fact about that circumstance that we have written down in line one thoughts are what we make those circumstances mean because the circumstance it's essentially neutral until our thoughts make it mean something Remember last week, last week I talked about my clients telling me what's wrong and me saying, yes, so, or sometimes, so what? This is what I'm doing. I'm asking them to see the difference between what the fact is and what they think about that fact, what they themselves are making that fact mean. And listen, that doesn't mean you should think differently. It doesn't mean that you need to change your thoughts ever. But it is an exercise to wiggle a tiny bit of space, a little bit of awareness between the circumstance and yourself. A little awareness that there is a circumstance that you have developed a thought about. We ourselves have a thought about things. For example, for example, death. Death is an example because people are dying on this planet all the time, literally all the time. And we all have very, very, very different thoughts about those deaths all the time. We are the ones imparting a meaning to those circumstances through our thoughts, through our judgments, through our, our beliefs, through our religious or cultural traditions, and through our opinions. And sometimes we're very cognizant of it. And other times, I would say most of the time, they happen kind of automatically. So using the model helps us slow that down and get a little bit of awareness what we're doing because we have that thought about the circumstance that neutral circumstance and our thought our judgment or our opinion about that thought will create a feeling a sensation that we can actually feel in our bodies and that's line three feelings so line one circumstances facts we encounter line two thoughts the meaning we create in our brains about the specific circumstance or fact that we encounter. And line three is the feeling or sensation that the thought generates or elicits. And the way we use the model is we choose one word. Yes, sometimes we have a lot of feelings, but in general, we want to take the one that's really grabbing our attention for some reason, the feeling that feels really specific to you in your situation. So one, circumstance. Two, you have a thought about it. Three, that thought elicits a feeling. What is it? Happy? Sad? Mad? Resistant? Curious? Excited or outraged? Bored? Lonely? Connected? And it's not just a word. It's a word that, to the best of your ability, represents the feeling in your body that's the response to that thought you're having. The thought comes first. I think there are situations where, through an experienced trauma, our body may do the thinking for us, and our body may jump quickly to the feeling But with some patience and safety, we can usually see what that thought was that our body interpreted first. And usually, in a case like that, it's something like, well, this is dangerous. I'm unsafe. We will often think that our feelings come from the circumstance, from line one, from the fact. But with time and practice, we start to really resonate to the fact that the thought about the circumstance. That is what causes the feeling, the sensations, the experience. And that feeling is what fuels the next part of the model, actions. And actions, actions can also be inactions. An action can be eating or it could be not eating. It could be working out or not working out. It could be complaining, arguing, or it could be Biting your tongue. The action line of the model can include many, many things. It can include things like criticizing yourself or beating yourself up for what you did or what you didn't do. So line four, actions. The things we do and the things we don't do. The things we avoid and the further choices we make as activated by that feeling in line three. Are you... Are you following me? I think it will I think with time you'll you'll see this and there will be that PDF that you can download. But line 3 is the feeling and it elicits actions. And that feeling remember is created by the thought in line 2 that we have about the circumstance in line 1. Are you getting confused? Just keep listening. And then maybe maybe listen again later and remember I'm going to tell you how to get a PDF of the model framework in a couple minutes. So, of course, many of us will notice the feeling before we can pick out what the thought is. But the thought comes first. And for others of us, the thought will just be on replay in our brains over and over, interrupting our other thoughts. And that's what happens to me a lot. I get less aware of the specific feeling. And more aware of my brain being hijacked by repetitive thoughts. And as you've heard from me here on the podcast before, everything we do and don't do, all the actions we take or avoid, are driven by the feeling we're having or our, our desire to avoid a feeling that we're having. And then the part we all get. Our actions, our actions are what create our results. Line five, the results. All the actions that we take or avoid, actions you take with a bad attitude or with enthusiasm, rushed actions, apathetic actions, those create our results. So occurrences, facts take place in the world. Circumstances, those are neutral. But we may have thoughts about the circumstances. Those thoughts drive the emotion of feeling in our bodies. And that feeling drives either an action or an inaction. And that ultimately gives us our results. C-T-F-A-R. Circumstance, thought, feeling, action, result. And this is not new. It's not woo-woo. This is the process that the sages have taught in our traditions, the Stoics refer to it. And this is, this is primarily the work in cognitive behavioral therapy. But to my mind, the way Brooke Castillo developed and taught this model, it's very accessible and useful. And it makes practicing this mental awareness, she sometimes calls it mental hygiene, so much easier and clearer for each of us to do on our own, and even more so with a highly trained coach. And when you have a little practice, you will start to see that your thoughts are always creating your results. That's why asking how to do something is the wrong question. This is why changing your habits or your actions is only part of the way we get a new result. The how, the plan, the recipes, the food list, the meal plan, they're only as good as the mindset the thoughts and feelings that fuel the how. And if your actions are being fueled by doubt or anger or excitement or self-loathing or feeling coerced, well, I think you already know those actions are going to achieve different results. C-T-F-A-R. Circumstance, one specific factor, occurrence or data point, Thought, your thought about the circumstance, one sentence. Feeling, how you feel when you think that thought, one emotion. Actions, how you show up, what you do, how you do it, what you don't do, what you avoid when you're feeling that feeling. And then result. What result you achieve through those actions. Because most people believe that their feelings, their emotions are a result of the circumstances in their lives. And you know, even if you aren't sure that you buy this, that your thoughts create your feelings, just looking for how it could work in your life is going to give you so much brain space. Just the consideration that there's a place where you are not fully taking responsibility for your part, the part you play in all the interactions this is Jedi warrior stuff. (laughs) It's not hard, but it does take a little openness and curiosity to look at, to look at your situation and fill in the CTFAR model. And in my opinion, this is very similar to gravity. You really don't need to believe in gravity. You don't have to spend a lot of time getting your brain to understand gravity. But once, once you see for yourself that it just keeps working all the time, whether you believe it or not, you can probably stop dropping things on your foot so often or breaking glasses as much or falling down. The model can help illustrate to you where your power is, even if, especially when a lot of things are out of your control. The model can help you see where your choices are being made according to a script or a belief that you actually don't really believe, or very often one that you've just outgrown. And to come back to the idea we began the podcast with, why am I not doing what I know I want to be doing? The model can help you to explore that with your coach. Because if your actions are ones you don't really want, that's just a sign that you've got some thoughts and feelings that are fueling, that are generating actions which are at cross purposes to your goal. So if you're new to the model, CTFAR, I'm encouraging you to all either just scribble it out on a piece of paper, down the left side of the paper, CTFAR, and fill it in. Even if you can't see how to do it, even if it doesn't make too much sense to you right this minute, take the model framework, start with some curiosity. I'm telling you this is way better than Sudoku or crosswords or video games or, well, what if this model could, without taking drugs or changing spouses or families of origin or moving to a different country or telling your boss you quit, what if this process could help you see where your thoughts are working at cross purposes to your goal. In the next episode of Ved Your Best, we'll talk about some real life examples of the model and what people have noticed and learned from the model. And when I say people, mostly I mean me, unless my clients let me know that I can discuss their models, obviously, anonymously. But I use the model every day, every day, every day. Not because I'm bored and have nothing to do, but because it always helps me see what's going on in my life and where my thoughts are not supporting me, where my thoughts are not helping me create the results that I want. So that's next week, real life examples. And in the meantime, you can download the self-coaching model as developed by Brooke Castillo and start practicing some models on your own. The download instructions will be in the show notes and you can email me your models if you want me to give you some feedback on them. Or better still, you can book yourself into my calendar for a free call to talk about how coaching could support your goals. The link is in the show notes and we can spend a little time looking at your model and see how it can help you with whatever gap you're experiencing right now between knowing and doing. I don't think you need more information. I really don't. I don't think you need to know more about how to get the results you want. I think you just need to know how come you're getting the results that you have. Veg Your Best podcast production, music, and editing by Charlie Weinshank. Thanks, Charlie. Before you go, it would mean so much to me and the Veg Your Best team. If you would hit subscribe leave us a five-star review or share with someone you think might be interested something about algorithms it helps bump us up a little in the rankings and that's the best way to help others find the podcast and for us to find our audience so until next week make it easy and veg your best